I'm back again with more books to talk about. Okay, so I came across this blog um, with Bethany Frankel, who was promoting her new book, Business is Personal. Now, this is, it's not that new, but it did come out this year, sometime this year, a few months ago. And so I'm not too interested in the book <laughs> just because I don't know. I'm not interested in the book, although interesting. So it's it's she's got some some big name celebrities blurbing the book. You know, there's Mark Cuban, Katie Couric, and Kelly Ripa. Anyway, business is personal. The truth about what it takes to be successful while staying true to yourself. So this is her latest release. And I love Bethany Frankel. I'm a huge fan, but yeah. I just don't have all the time in the world to read every book. So this is just one of those that won't be read by me. However, in that blog, uh, she was talking about a couple of her recent reads. So she read, hello, my name is Tamika. And whether you stumbled upon Junkie for a story or are here by intention, thank you for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed this video. And if you do, please give it a like and subscribe by the end of the video. And hit the bell for notifications so you won't miss new videos when they are released. And now, on to the video. And she was recommending these as well. She read The Golden Couple. I can't remember the authors, but it's a duo. I can't remem remember their names right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she read The Golden Couple. There was City, City of Likes. Um, what's her name? The one from SNL. I can't think of her name. Maggie something. Or is it Maggie? Molly, I'm sorry. Molly, o Molly Shannon? <laughs> Why can't I think of her name? So Molly Shannon. And... Katie, uh, Katie Couric, or Couric, going there. So I gave them a read. <laughs> and I wanted to talk about the book. So, yeah, we're going to find out if Bethany Frankel is a good recommender for books. Okay, can we trust Bethany Frankel, you know? I mean, she's funny and she's smart, but can we trust her? <laughs> I'm sure we can, but we, we're gonna we're gonna try this out, okay? All right, here we go. So I'm going to go in the order that I read these books. Now there are four recommendations. Let me just make sure. Yes, four recommendations that Bethany Frankel gives in this interview. 
and she's being interviewed by Chris. I don't know how to pronounce the last name. So anyway, but this it's titled Bethany Frankel's favorite recent reads. And this was back in August. So the first one up is The Golden Couple. Now I already reviewed this book, so I don't want to speak too much on it. But this, I will put a link if you're interested in that video. But this is a thriller by um, Sarah Pekinen and Greer Hendricks, I think. Yes. Okay. So The Golden Couple is about a private consultant. She was a psychiatrist. <laughs> so she was a psychiatrist. And then she went into private practice for some reasons that are later divulged. But Avery Chambers, she is a consultant who works with people in troubled marriages. And she promises them a 10-session solution to whatever marital issues they have. All right, so that's her thing. And then we meet the bishops. Now... On the surface, they appear to be the perfect couple. And they obviously are <laughs> imperfect and they have their issues. So they're keeping some secrets. But when you meet them, you think, what is her name? The woman, Marissa. So you know Marissa has um she cheated on her husband Matthew but she's struggling with talking about the infidelity with her husband but also because of the who that she committed the infidelity with so she comes to she and her husband they go to Avery to work on their marriage. And you think it's just Marissa who's keeping secrets, but then you learn that Matthew, <laughs> he's got some secrets of his own as well, okay? So Bethany says about this book, whatever you think is going to happen, you are wrong. You have no idea. It is compulsively readable. And Hendrix and Peckening excel at making characters with edges. They go past the surfaces to something deeper and more complex. So, hmm. This was a good thriller. Now, it has been some months since I've read it. But this was a good thriller. And, yeah, I guess I would agree with Bethany's take on their writing. Because <laughs> you, you do have one... When you first get into the story, you have one perspective of the couple. But I, I think that twist was, I was not expecting it. It definitely is readable, very compulsively readable. So yes, I would say Bethany is right about that. And then the second recommendation is Hello, Molly a memoir by Molly Shannon. Now, I know Molly Shannon from SNL and 
I think it's called Superstar. I mean, that that's my early memories of Molly Shannon, right? So I read this memoir. <laughs> now, I only read it because of Bethany. It really wasn't on my radar and I wasn't thinking about reading it. <laughs> but this memoir, okay, it just from the very... I, I don't know what that was, whether it was a prologue or I think it was a prologue, but it it immediately gets into a traumatic childhood experience. So Miley Shannon, she she lost her mother at a very early age. They had this fatal car accident. Her Miley's father was driving. And it was Molly's parents and three kids in the vehicle. And yeah, she lost her mother and her infant sister in that accident. And then it just goes through her life experience after that traumatic event and how it shaped her. And I don't know why. I just was so surprised to learn that she went through all of that because, well, first of all, I don't, I don't think she does many interviews, but I could be wrong. Maybe I just don't see them. I'm not sure. So I didn't know much about her. So I don't know if she brings it up often or what, but I didn't know all of the stuff that she had went through in her life. And when you read this book, you you don't pity her. And that's one thing that she does not, she, she's not a self-pitying person or she doesn't come across that way, even though she has gone through quite a lot in her life, but she's so upbeat and naturally positive. And maybe that's a result of the situations because her relationship with her father was very, it's, she describes it as tumultuous and unstable. You know, he, he would have his bouts with depression and I guess maybe guilt for the situation and stuff like that. And then Molly, it sounds like, took on a parental role because of her father's struggles, his internal struggles. So, I mean, I'm not going to tell you everything that was in the book, but it is quite a read. It was, but I wasn't expecting. (laughs) I just wasn't expecting what I read, but it's an interesting book. She has a very poignant and profound story to tell. So what Bethany says about this, big hearted and big laughs, here she shares the stories behind her comedy, what happened to her to create her unforgettable characters on SNL. Telling of traumatic events and grief is raw and personal. What sets Molly apart is how she shows us that you can survive and thrive through complicated circumstances with heart and humor. And yeah, I would say that last part, um, 
um, survive and thrive through complicated circumstances with heart and humor. That definitely resonated in the story because Molly Shannon, she just, she never seemed angry or had that why me attitude that some people have. She she never came across that way. She was just always trying to find the the rainbow moment in her bad experiences, which is commendable considering what she went through because she was quite young when that traumatic, that first situation happened. She was, you know, I mean, I think her and her sister were younger than 10. So yeah, it's, yeah. So, I mean, trigger warnings for, you know, death of a parent. Um, There is a a situation with the father where he, some people might say it's like a midlife crisis. I'm not here to judge. I don't know what it is, but (laughs) uh, he he definitely in his later years has a shift, (laughs) we'll say. And that affects their relationship, but not not in a negative way. But um, she Molly talks about that in the book as well. It, th- this book is very, it's not fluff, okay? So I'll say that. So you, you got to be in a certain kind of a mood <laughs> to read this book. Because I didn't know what I was getting into, which I'm okay with because I tend to not do a lot of research on books. I just go into it and just read it, you know? So I can't fault the book for that. Okay, so the next book, which I probably haven't heard a single person talk about, aside from Bethany, is City of Lights by Jenny Mullen. And this book right here, oh my goodness. (laughs) So... This book is about a social media influencer. So it's Megan Chernoff. She's a 30-something wife and mother of, I think she has two boys. And so her husband, he gets this opportunity to work as in some kind of management role at like a fitness center or something like that. So they moved the family from, I forgot where they were living, but it was, I think, California. And they move to New York City. And at this point, uh, Megan is wanting to return to the workplace. You know, she's been a stay-at-home mom for a couple of years now. And now the kids are old enough. And she's wanting to get back to work. (laughs) So, and they could use it because they're living in New York City. And we know how expensive that is. So, (laughs) and they're not living the life, okay? They're not... They are not millionaires. So she, I think she was a former editor or something, something in the publishing field. And she wants to get back into that. And she's discussing it with her husband and she feels like he's not that supportive of the idea, but they're working it out, right? (laughs) And then she meets this social media influencer, Daphne something. What is her name? Daphne. Well, 
Daphne Cole. Okay. And she's gorgeous and stylish and she's the it girl that everybody loves, right? So at the time when they're meeting, Megan is trying to get her son into this high profile highly recommended school. You know, it's it's I think it was a private school, but it, it's one of those where, you know, you're on a waiting list for years, you know? So she's trying to get her son into the school and it's like zero chance, okay? But then she meets Daphne and, you know, she's thinking maybe she has a shot, right? And from there, a friendship commences and Daphne sort of takes Megan under her wing and Megan gets a little too <laughs> sort of entranced in this social media world, you know, and she she's not ready for it. She is a little bit naive about the social media influencer industry. And so she becomes an influencer herself and she just gets she kind of develops a she's she develops an obsessive attraction to Daphne but Daphne is not exactly who she seems which are we surprised right <laughs> so i mean it just she goes Megan goes down this rabbit hole of trying to be an influencer and also questioning her marriage and questioning, is she that person? <laughs> because she she sort of develops a, an attraction to Daphne. And I mean, it's like, who, who is Megan now? She just sort of transforms into this other persona. And that sort of takes precedent over who she was, which who she was and who she is, which is a mother and wife. And so what Bethany said about this book, let's see here. A humorous, smart, and sharp novel on the influencer culture, more specifically mommy influencer culture. It is a weird, wacky, told from the insider's perspective, look at these bizarre folks that live their life on Instagram. <laughs> I liked it because City of Lights shows us just how bullshit that perfect picture is. Mylon's keen eye for detail makes this a summer breeze to get into and read. So I did like this book. Um, I think it shelves in the women's fix section, which is almost like, I feel like once it goes to that section, nobody reads it, you know? And maybe that's why no one's talking about this one because... The women's fix section is just like, that's where books go to die. So, <laughs> but I, I don't know. And then she's, she's, I've never heard of this author. So she, it's, it's a struggle to get, get attention when you're in the women's fix section. Okay. But I like this book and yes, I do agree. It is very witty and sharp. Uh, Jenny Mullins writing. She's very, she has a very sharp sense of humor, but she also did a, a great job of writing the social media influencer life. 
And <laughs> uh, so I, I think she said she is an insider. I guess she, she has some experience with influencer life. But yeah, you definitely can tell she has some knowledge about it. You know what I mean? Megan, she just immediately gets into, oh, we have to we have to take a picture. We have to put a picture on Instagram. Otherwise, people will think something's wrong. I, I haven't posted in 30 minutes. I got to post something. And it's just like this kind of addictive mindset that you have to have, you know, because she's like, like everything becomes about her Instagram account. And she <laughs> almost to the point where she puts her family well, not almost. She does put her family in danger at one point because she's so immersed in this world and she's just maybe not using the best judgment. So this was a great read. It's also a short read. It's like 200 or something pages. Let me see here. Two without the acknowledgments. No, that's not even the acknowledgments. Yeah, it's a short read. 256 pages. I don't know. I, I don't like white pages. They're so like in your face. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I liked this book. It's a good read. I would recommend it. Probably won't get much attention, but yeah. And so the last book is this one right here, Miss Katie Couric, Going There. Okay, so, <laughs> you know, well, let me see what Bethany had to say about this book, <laughs> because, yeah, I have some words, okay? So let's see. Katie Couric is a media goat, no question about it, no punches pulled in her honest, fearless, funny memoir. It gives a real behind-the-scenes look into the TV news landscape pre-Me Too. She goes there sharing details both difficult and triumphant in her personal and professional lives. This book is a revealing look at someone you think you know all about. What reveals is what she reveals is deeper and truer than you could have imagined. So that is what she has to say. <laughs> about this book right here. So I remember I wrote some notes. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I think I wrote... Okay, you know what? Let me grab my other book. <laughs> One moment. So going there. So from the very beginning of the book, Katie talks about this woman who was a trailblazer as a female anchor in a, in a male-dominated field. And this woman, she passed away. I can't remember her name, but the woman passed away. She was not married and she did not have any kids. And so Kaylee Couric, she talks about this woman in a... I don't want to be her kind of way. And it was very, to me, 
It was distasteful. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It, it was. It came across a. It came across judgmental, but very much like I, I'll be better than her kind of a way. I don't know. I just didn't like the tone of that introduction. So then, you know, I, I, I forgave that. I moved on. Okay. And then she brought up another situation where she was talking about how people treat her differently once she became known, once she what became a famous news lady. So I think she was in New York. She was living in New York. I don't really know her. <laughs> like I don't watch whatever she was on. I think she was on the Today Show or something. I don't really know her. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know what, what she came from, whatever. But she was on one of those big morning shows, right? And then, um, so she was using her clout to, you know, get into, you know, clubs, restaurants, wherever she wanted to go, you know, basically she could get in because she's Katie Couric, right? And I noticed how throughout the book, she always is judgmental of others, but then she judges herself in a very lenient way and in and, and a justified way. So she made this comment about getting into this restaurant and, you know, get, getting a table at this crowded, trendy restaurant. I guess it's, it's the restaurant that all the famous people go to, right? And so Katie says, oh, and even the, I forgot what she called the waitress, but she said the, it, it wasn't a flattering, uh, <laughs> like complimentary statement about the waitress, but she talked about how the waitress let her, she, she gave Katie a table, even though all these other people were waiting and she was talking down about the waitress, but she skipped over the fact that she herself was skipping people. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, you got all these other people waiting for a table and you're Katie Couric. And then the waitress she lets you come in because you're Katie Couric. And instead of being humble and saying that was nice of the waitress, she talked down about the waitress for allowing famous people to skip ahead. But you being a famous person, I mean, you could have been the bigger person said, you know what, this person hasn't been waiting longer so they can have the table. <laughs> she didn't do that. And she didn't talk about that, but she also just put down the waitress. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what her issue is, but she, she just took a lot of shots at other people when she didn't need to. <laughs> and then I just feel like because she has so much power and influence, when, when you read her perspective of other people, you most likely don't know those people she's talking about because sometimes she talks about people that I never heard of. You know, she's just talking about people in the industry, in the news industry. And so you as the reader, you're going to be left with that impression of those people because you don't even know who she's talking about. So I feel like she could have used her power and influence in a better way. That's just my opinion. But she very, 
much was judgmental. She also had this sort of self-righteous way of thinking about herself. <laughs> and then it was strange because I know she, her husband died of cancer, I believe, her first husband. And she talks about him throughout the book, but then she gets married and it's like, you forget she's married to another person because she spends most of the book talking about her dead husband. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, you know, I, I started to say, I wouldn't even recommend this book to a prisoner doing, you know, a prisoner who was like in solitary confinement and this was the only book available. I would have been like, you know, Pick a spot on the wall and make a story out of that, okay? But eh, if you want to read it, go ahead. That, that's my that's my take. If you want to read it, have at it, okay? But yeah, mean girl turned 60 is not attractive. So keep that in mind. But anyway, those are my thoughts on that. So like, comment, subscribe if you choose, and tell me what you think of these books if you read them. I know a lot of people have read Going There, but um, probably no one has read City of Likes. <laughs> and then The Golden Couple was popular, but it seemed to fizzle out real quickly. So, yeah, and I don't hear many people talking about Molly Shannon's memoirs. But I think that's a good one. So, yeah. That was my time with Bethany Frankel's recommendations. And let me know if you liked this. I might do another one or not. <laughs> but anyway, I am going to get out of here. So thank you again for watching and listening. I hope you had a good time. And I will catch you in the next one. Bye.